Greetings. Welcome to another episode of Get Right for Sunday. We're going to look at the readings for the seventh Sunday after Pentecost. I am Pastor Wright with Vicar Lieber. And the readings are Isaiah 44, 6 through 8, Romans 8, 18 through 27, and St. Matthew 13, verses 24 through 30, and 36 through 43. The main emphasis of this episode will probably be on the gospel and the great and wondrous joys of struggling with the parable of the weeds. When I'm looking at this, I see, especially in the Old Testament lesson, we have Isaiah, and God is speaking through the prophet, and he makes this declaration. He simply says, I am God. I am the first. I am the last. I am the one who rules. Uh, If anybody claims any type of divinity, or if you claim to be God, present yourself to me. And it's almost as if God is saying, if you claim that you're God, let's see who's the bigger God. Can you do these things? Especially when he talks about his prophecy, uh, the things that he has said he will do and then fulfills. But then we go into Romans and St. Matthew makes a, a, or not St. Matthew, St. Paul makes a huge statement. And this is verse 20. For the creation was subject to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption, obtain the freedom of the gospel of of the glory of the children of God. And this is found in the gospel lesson where we have the parable of the weeds. And to summarize, we just have uh, the Son of Man, or a man who is the Son of Man, Jesus, and he spreads seed. And then while they were sleeping, you have the foe, the enemy, of course the devil, coming in and planting seed over, among, and between the good seed. And then weeds show up. And then the master of the house hears of this through his servants. And his servants, of course, want to just wipe everything out because it's not worth uh, trying to pick the weeds. Um, And we hear that the master of the house says, no, let everything grow and we will separate it in the harvest. Which, again, is fascinating. I am a horrible gardener. Mm -hmm. So no matter what I plant, I I get weeds. And um, one of the stories that came to mind years ago my daughters and I wanted watermelon. I don't know how hard it is to plant watermelon, but we went out and we went to the store and bought watermelon, planted it, and we got vines. And it was the exciting thing because huge vines, huge leaves, and we didn't get a single watermelon. We got gourds. (laughs) And I don't know where these gourds came from. Beautiful gourds, but not a single watermelon. And it made me think of this. We planted there was a clear picture of the watermelon on the package. Right. But we got gourds. And one of the things that I think is interesting is the the overall application. And I see a a wide and narrow. Wide, we live in a corrupt world. Narrow, we struggle with the issues of our fallenness and corruptedness in the midst of all these lessons. 
and it's just very interesting. And uh, one of the overarching themes, I, I think, in all of these is the mercy of God. Do you see God's mercy in these three readings? I do, and I, I think that kind of like wide and narrow thing you were just mentioning, I think that's one of the the kind of key ways that I think we're going to break this down and look at it. Because I, both are true, but both lead us in different interesting directions. So I'm going to start with the with the narrow, because I think the narrow is almost a little bit more natural to us. So looking at the parable of the weeds, we have this, this field, uh, these good seeds are sowed uh, by the master, and then this enemy comes, sows bad seeds that grow weeds. Um, and the narrow view takes this and looks at it not only as an example of the world, but as what happens to us. So God created us. He is our God, and from the beginning of time, he created us good, planted that good seed. Uh, but as the enemy came, as sin entered the world, as the devil entered the world, weeds got mixed up with the good seed to the point where within us, it's almost impossible to untangle them. I I was reading something earlier today, and it said it said that there are no unqualified good people and there are no unqualified bad people and i think we as we look at like the stories that we tell as a culture uh, right now that's that's pretty easy to see uh i'm gonna take infinity war uh the avengers movie that came out a little bit ago so the, the key villain of that that series is thanos but one of the compelling things about him is he has a reason that we can understand for trying to annihilate half of all life in the universe. He, he's trying to do this to preserve life. And we hear that and we're like, that's, that's a good reason, that's a good intention, but he's still such an evil guy. So that's like an example of evil, but there's still good in there. And on the, on the flip side, we've got good but they're still evil like for example looking at the founding fathers who did all this good work in, in founding our nation putting together these these treatises and documents and doing their best to try to set us up as a nation in america but they also did a lot of bad things a lot of their refusal to condemn uh slavery not fighting for uh equal rights the way that we would talk about today are things that we would say that's not good so my, my point being, all people have both this good seed. They were created by God, and they are people for whom Christ died. But they also have these weeds that have gotten tangled up in them. And this is where mercy comes in. Because uh, the, in the parable, the servants come to the master and said, uh, do you want us to go out you know, and gather, you know, everything in, gather up the weeds, like a good farmer would do. I'm told you shouldn't let weeds just grow in your field. But the master says, don't do that. Because in the gathering up of the weeds, you'll root up the wheat along with them. In the gathering of the bad seed, you'll root up the good with them. And in this narrow view, where we see ourselves as having both good seed and bad seed, the destruction of the evil seed would also destroy the good. To get rid of all the evil in the world would mean getting rid of everyone. And this is where the, the mercy of God comes in, where he says, no, don't do that. 
even if even a little bit of good is harmed by the destruction of bad, don't, don't, that's not what I want to do. He's going to show mercy. Instead, he has patience, and we wait for the day when, in the, in the parable, Christ will return and separate the evil from the good finally. And that evil part of us will die, and just the good seed will remain. The last explanation, in, in the explanation of the parable, the last verse says, Then the righteous shall shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. When the, when the evil is finally rooted out of us, when the sin that we died to in our baptism is finally completed at Christ's return, the righteous shall, shall shine with their Father. And that's the end result of this mercy. Yeah, it's the, the, the promise of the resurrection to a new life, a full life in Christ. And with that, it's the wondrous event of what's promised and what's coming, what we have now, but we still suffer. Yeah. We suffer with the, and I like how you said that we're, we're tangled in the weeds. And this is the, the, the struggle of being saint and sinner at the same time. When we look at that, I am a single person and I'm 100% sinner. I am a sinner because I commit sin. But I'm also righteous. I'm also forgiven. I'm also a, a saint in God. 100%. And we live in this tension. We, we live in this strife where it seems that we heard it, especially from St. Paul, the things that I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I do do. And it is this constant conflict in our flesh. But the mercy of God, and I think you, you said it wonderfully, it's not that he overlooks this situation. And it's not that he just says, oh, it will work out in the end. No, he takes matters into his own hands. We just have to be patient as God is patient. And this is hard because God is infinitely patient. And thanks be to God, he is. Because the things we do, the things we don't do, and what we truly deserve, yet he still is patient in our rebellion. But we need to be patient in our life as we struggle against weeds. Now, this could be the weeds of the corrupt world. We live in a fallen world, and I think a great example is COVID. We're struggling against COVID. Is this the immediate work of the devil? No. Is the devil using this? Absolutely. Will good come about from this? I hope. And only God knows, and only God will work in and through it. But yet, even in this, we have mercy. God still, God still sustains life. God still provides his mercy. We had live stream. The proclamation of the very gospel was still sent out. Did we still struggle? Absolutely. Did we struggle with ourselves? Absolutely. But we get to go back to our baptism. We get to go back to the fullness of what God promises. That we will not be fully strangled by the weeds. In the narrow sense, the wide sense, life, creation. Because they have been taken care of. And only in the resurrection, only at the end. And I like what you said, rooted out. It will be taken apart. And what will remain? 
but the fulfillment of the promise of life everlasting. Uh, we will we will shine as the sun, which is really kind of neat because it's the light of Christ in its fullness in us. And huge implications. But nowhere in this uh, parable does God ever promise the weeds will be taken care of and you'll have a happy-go-lucky life. <laughs> Things will just work out. And um, it's an interesting struggle. I got a question for you as you were discussing uh, the, the concept of uh, Thanos, the, the villain. <laughs> um, the anti-hero kind of concept. Right. We all have either good in us or bad in us. Um, how do we deal with this? Do we look at people? And um, I, I like what you said, it, the idea that we're to look at people the way God looks at us. Jesus died even for them. But how do we apply this to our daily life in the struggles, again, wide and narrow, with the, the weeds of the parable? Well, I think it comes back to one of the things that you mentioned, which is God's patience with us. I think the way that we deal with this in the world, both in ourselves and in others, is we look with patient mercy upon other people and upon the world. We understand that evil exists both within us and outside of us, and so does good. And we wait, trusting in God's promises, trusting in the work of his son, Jesus Christ, who died and rose for us. We wait for the day when all things will finally be put right. But until then, treat others with the patience that God is affording to us now. Remember that your worst of enemies is someone for whom Christ died. Remember that the terrible people who you see, uh, who, whoever the enemies are on your version of media, remember that those people are people for whom Christ died. And have patience with them. Understand that this is not the end yet. There is still hope for them, and there is still mercy. And that mercy that we afford to them, that hope that we have, is a hope both for ourselves and for others. This is part of the good news of Christ that we have the opportunity to bring into the world. In a time where we're dealing with so much suffering and difficulty and division, we have the chance as Christians to bring back patient mercy, encouraging others to, to show that and modeling it ourselves, treating those who we disagree with and who do things wrong against us and against others with mercy and patience, not denying that judgment is real and judgment comes, but remembering always that the love of Christ through his son, through Jesus, um, permeates the entirety of creation. Absolutely. And I really like the term patient mercy because it's always that continuation and it doesn't mean that it's taken care of, but we struggle with each other in a good way. And it's not that we're, we're going to fight, but we're going to struggle because we're corrupt, we're sinful. And this is the joy of Holy Cross because sinners show up together to hear of God's infinite mercy as he patiently disciplines, teaches, admonishes, and brings us to life everlasting. 
If you would like to hear more of the God's patient mercy, you are absolutely invited to come and worship with us on Sunday and also now Saturday. We meet Saturday at 6 o'clock and then Sunday at 8 o'clock in the morning, which is also live streamed, and then 9.45. Please uh, share this with anybody who you think needs to hear of the love of Christ. We thank you for listening, and please do not hesitate to contact us with questions or comments. We look forward to hearing from you. God's peace and blessings. Mm-hmm.